What up, Weeboos? Welcome back to the Weeboo podcast. So this is episode, I don't even know what episode it is anymore, but this is, I guess, our slice of life episode that we've been kind of hyping up for the last couple of weeks or so. And before we get into kind of our discussion over slice of life of romance animes, I want to kind of touch on a couple of different topics for the summer 2021 season and also just, I guess, how our weeks went. How, how was your week, Pat? And did you watch anything special slash anything notable this week for you? This week, I definitely pulled one of those watch everything that's on my almost drop list type of case to figure out whether or not what was making the cut. It was almost like the Olympic uh, qualifiers for what's going to be continuing on for the rest of the season. And unfortunately, there was an anime out there that, that didn't make the cut. So you already dropped an anime in summer 2021. I did. How many episodes did you watch before you dropped that anime? One and a half. One and a half? <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard. That's not trying. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried. All right. What, what anime was it that you dropped? <laughs> it was Kanojo Mokonojo or Girlfriend Girlfriend. Okay. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. What's your reasoning for dropping the show? It was just so absurd. I had, I was more mind blown watching the anime than enjoying it. I just couldn't get myself to stay interested. <laughs> I was like, this is just bad for my morality. This is bad for my own relationship. This is just a terrible anime. It's maybe, maybe it got better. I don't know. But you know, after one and a half episodes, I was like, nah, this is, this is not the move. This is not making the cut. Yeah, so I think we talked about this in our first episode of this current season where we said we watched like two or three episodes before we dropped. Or <laughs> I guess in your case, in the middle of the second episode, you dropped it. But we've kind of reached that point where we've watched four or five episodes of each of the shows or I guess a couple of the episodes. And I also have a couple of shows that are kind of reaching that drop point or... I've just become completely uninterested in the show and it's just become background noise to me. And Kanojo Mo Kanojo is one of those shows for me as well. It's just, it's so scuffed and I, I want to like just bash on it and roast <laughs> it so hard, but may, maybe it's just something I need to do after I either drop it or finish watching the show. But yeah, it, it's it's not it. It's definitely not it. Well, I'm glad I feel a little more justified and for anyone else watching girlfriend girlfriend um let us know what you think uh i don't even know if you gave it a chance anyone else out there because i think of all these summer 21 anime this one might come in near the bottom it's funny though because in spring 2021 i i talked about how i watched two really scuffed slice of life shows and my impression of spring 2021 was really bad because of it this show's more scuffed than those two shows but there's other shows that luckily are compensating and kind of carrying the weight of summer 2021 for me at least. But I do have two more other shows that have kind of just reached a point where it's just I've just lost all interest in it really. And one of them is an isekai show called How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. It's just so slow and I just can't keep up with it on a weekly basis. Or I mean, I, I'm trying, but it's just there isn't enough going on from episode to episode to keep me interested. And then the other show that's just kind of died out for me is The Detective is Already Dead. It's trying to be clever, trying to be mysterious, 
trying to be this crime show, but there's like moe. There's just like cuteness overload and a bunch of distractions that's just unnecessary to the show, and it's just gotten really annoying to me. And so those three shows have kind of reached their like the drop. Yeah, the detective is dead. It that thing is that is borderline right now. I'm hovering between dropping that one. I might give it one more episode, but I agree with you there. The detective is dead is is not cutting it. Yeah, um, but I think what's also along with that one is an anime called Peach Boy Riverside for me. It's a shonen, which I hate to say it, but it's not it either. The shonen, the shonen of the season is getting dropped. Tragedy. They just have these random scenes in Peach Boy of like. I don't even know what you call it, fan service, but like the the anime style grotesque tentacle fan service that every happens oh every once in a while. Not that. Yeah, it's it's just like a clip of nowhere. It like has nothing to do with this story. Maybe we maybe we talk about fan service in more detail. <laughs> it's like a three second clip. It, it happens like once an episode. I'm like, why is why is this in here? So so that one that one. If I see it one more time, that might be it. I might be like, nah, we're we're done here. Yeah, I think, at least for me, those are the only three. So the other seven or so that I'm watching have been pretty good still. So that's actually kind of impressive. Do do you have any highlights, at least from this week, or any shows that caught your attention? I don't, because like I said, I was really filtering out kind of what what was going to get dropped. Uh, out of the top ones, you know, they've stayed relatively high on my list. I have no complaints. I'm, like, very interested in, obviously, Slime, the case study of Vanitas, Remake Our Life, and actually Spirit Chronicles. I, I'm looking forward to kind of a lot as my shonen of the summer. Did you watch this week's episode of Remake Our Life? I have not yet. Okay. You're, I think, in for a good episode. It, it was the oh, best I ho- episode. I hope it's good. Okay, good. Yeah, there's a lot of movement. A little bit more falling off cliffs here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep it at that so you enjoy it after this podcast. But for me, that that was the highlight of the week. I think it was the show that moved the most in terms of plot progression from the episode. So no no spoilers here. So for everyone that's watching the show and have, haven't watched this episode yet, go and watch it because it's it's going to get spicy and interesting from this point forward, I think all right yeah so i guess that's a good segue to this slice of life romance segment of the podcast considering that remake our life is a slice of life show and i'm sure i'll be talking about it a lot later on in the podcast but yeah slice of life and romance a very interesting genre of anime i think because it's not necessarily everyone's favorite genre of anime and i don't think a lot of people give it a chance i don't think a lot of people watch the genre at all really at least in the US. Maybe there's more fans in Japan. When I check some of these shows that are Slice of Life or Romance and Mao, the number of users or members that are following the show are extremely low compared to Shonen out there. But with that being said, I'm a very big fan of Slice of Life and Romance. So hopefully I can do something to convince people to try it out or just really open up I guess people's opinions on it because I know a lot of people just won't watch it. Yeah, but let me let me stop you there for a second. Maybe let's give some background on slice of life. This is a very unique term that falls only in the anime genre category. It's not something we hear in movies. 
TV shows. So just for everyone listening, I guess, Chris, what is Slice of Life? What does it really mean in terms of anime? I mean, it's pretty, I think, self-explanatory, but maybe just in your own words, like, why is this only something related to anime? I think it's only related to anime because, well, anime is not in, it doesn't take place in the real world. So it's really just a depiction of what the real world may be. So unlike something like a drama that actually takes place in the real world by real humans, right? But anime is portrayed in 2D. So it's basically a copy or their interpretation or their display of this current world and these characters living in the current world. So it's very realistic. It basically follows rules and societal norms and all those things. So I think that's really what Slice of Life really is. But do you have another take on it or? Kind of Slice of Life, you know, I I imagine it as, I guess if I had to think of it as a real slice, like of a pie, a pizza, I mean, whatever you want to call it. I feel like most Slice of Life shows are really one snippet of the small portion of something, of, of a lifetime story. And for me, it's tends to be right this teenage years i i think most of them fall in that category very few are are maybe more focused towards adulthood but i think that interesting period that most slice of life anime cover is that maybe middle to high school or early college years which is where a lot of people change right in real life we grow a lot people meet new people they find new hobbies and really uh, discover what they want to do the rest of their lives themselves. And I think for me, when I hear Slice of Life, the first thing I need to understand is maybe what sli- what like real portion of life is this anime going to cover? Because sometimes as I get older, you know, and I think maybe we'll go into this later, is sometimes I want to try and find a Slice of Life anime that maybe I'm more relating to at the current moment of whatever I'm feeling or going through. And I don't know if you're the same way, but for me, that's what Slice Life really means is like it can cover a broad range of life, but it's really just one small portion and very few span across multi, multi-decades. Right. I think there's a few and kind of that came out in like the early 2000s or 10 plus years ago that got a very long run and was able to depict someone's life over the course of like 10s or 20 years or so. But a lot of these shows are centered around like one section of a person's life and they just kind of follow that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. But yeah, we'll talk about how, I guess, slice of life, we how we relate to it, what kind of slice of life we look for in terms of, I guess, like the different points in our life and whatnot. But do you think a good slice of life is just something that you relate to the most or what do you really look for when you're kind of looking for a good slice of life? So for me... I like to see kind of the main character grow and maybe for whatever decision they make in an anime, what really makes a good slice of life is seeing how that decision affects them. Because I think for me personally, and probably for you and a lot of people out there, when you look back in your past, there are some defining moments and memories that you kind of circle back to, you think about and say, hey, you know, that was a really big decision in my life. And you can distinctly remember that one memory. And I feel like a good slice of life is basically a 12 episode depiction of that memory of of maybe your life of the main character's life but that's how i like to think about it it's a turning point a very like big 
point in someone's life. And a good slice of life can basically take a character, kind of show their struggles, and maybe introduce some type of turning point in their life that really is going to define maybe how they grow up or maybe their future. Yeah, I think that's interesting, though, because based on kind of that, isn't it very similar to what we kind of look for in a shonen? Because a shonen is an individual kind of growing and trying to make their life's decisions and we see them grow from episode to episode so would you think it's kind of similar in terms of what we're looking for here it is and you know as as anime enthusiasts or weaves as we would say i think for you and me we understand that you know a a slice of life isn't necessarily boring which is unfortunately the kind of the connotation that it gets and maybe the rep it has but if you understand anime and maybe though like like you said similar to shonen there's a plot development there's character growth it is very similar yeah i totally agree with that and kind of going off that i do think that in slice of life one of the biggest factors is like relatability and just how you're able to reflect on your life based on what the story is telling you and that's pretty much why i like slice of life the most because i can relate it back to something that's that I've experienced or I am experiencing currently more so than I can in some of these other genres because I will never know what it feels like to be like a ninja in like a separate world or I will never know what it feels like to be transported to another world in an isekai it's just a completely different experience but then these characters that are being portrayed in these stories are going through the same things that we go through in our daily lives and it's really easy to relate to that and that's really why I think or that's really why a good slice of life is a good slice of life, if they're able to do that. But if they're unable to do that, then it kind of falls into that bucket of boringness that we've kind of talked about, and a lot of people probably won't like it. But kind of going off that, why do you think like slice of life and romance has this really negative connotation against, I guess, from anime fans in terms of it being extremely boring? Because I could totally see it because there's no action, there's no fighting scenes, things blowing up. There aren't things to kind of smoke screen away from the plot. It's slice of life is really just plot being presented to you or characters being presented to you. And there's nothing that can hide it or make it more entertaining. What do you think is the reason for why it's being interpreted as one of the more boring genres? I think when people think of slice of life, they think of they think of soft they think you're soft. That's that's my honest opinion here. <laughs> just like TV shows, just like movies, you know, when it's romance focused or maybe relationship focused and not a lot of action, people's first reaction is like, nah, I'm not going to watch that. Why is that, though? And, you know, I think a lot of people, they don't want to they don't want to be sitting in their feelings. They don't want to get up in their feels. You know, sometimes people like that. And Every once in a while, it's always good to have those types of shows and watch that. But it tends to make you feel vulnerable. And that's my honest opinion versus a shonen. Shonen, I I feel more entertained. I feel relaxed. A slice of life, sometimes it makes me feel vulnerable. And that insecurity, I think a lot of people, they they might not want to watch it. And they might just cover make a cover up and say, you know, it's boring. I don't want to watch it. But... There are some there are some slice of life out there that if you don't react to it, if you don't feel some type of way, you're not you're not a human. I feel like the main purpose of like a movie, 
outside of the fact of it being entertaining is it's supposed to make you feel something and uh, even these movies that are action movies like something like marvel i always talk about marvel because i watch all, all the marvel movies and shows but they always make me feel something in terms of there being romance or sadness from like death i always feel a emotion and even watching some of these like other movies that are more realistic like something like 42 right i feel a lot of emotions going through that like i feel like the main purpose of these of the storytelling is for the audience to feel emotions and i feel like slice of life is one of the best at doing that so it's interesting that you say that people don't want to feel (laughs) when they're watching anime I think for the people who enjoy Slice of Life, they know what they're getting into. But I think for the general viewer, I don't know if that's what they're really going for when they watch anime. Because currently I would say anime has more of a, oh, it's a fun, entertaining type of show. Like, it's not a sappy, romantic, romantic type of show. Do you think that's the same in Japan as it is in the US? Because in Japan, right, there's a lot of genres of manga that are popular. And there's a lot of live action adaptations of like shoujo manga, slice of life manga, romance manga, et cetera, et cetera. And these are extremely popular. So do you think it's just a, I guess, different taste that Japanese people have compared to US people have? I think so. I think also in the Western culture, anime is only getting bigger now. And like we talked about before, this is the last category you'll you'll get to. It is interesting because I do think something like the Demon Slayer movie that just came to the US and was extremely big and, you know, globally was one of the more feels heavy movies towards the back end of the movie. Uh, Not going to say details regarding that, but and I, I saw a lot of people just saying that they felt really sad or they felt a lot of emotions, roller coaster emotions throughout the end of the movie. And that's how I feel like Slice of Life is. But then it's just not as entertaining as something like Demon Slayer, I guess. So maybe that's, maybe let's go back and take a step back. And maybe, maybe we're hit touching the right point here that what makes a good Slice of Life is making you feel some type of way. Because I think if you watch a Slice of Life and you don't feel anything, there's a problem. Was there a specific slice of life that you could remember where you were just like, oh, damn, I'm in my feels right now. Like this is actually making me feel super either heavy or happy or sad or mad or anything that invoked a lot of feelings. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are so many. I think Clannad is probably the first one that comes to mind. It invoked like my life before I even had the full life. Like I'm still in my 20s, but Clannad just made me feel like I lived my entire life. (laughs) through a show i like felt like i had a kid i felt like i had a family and i felt emotions that i didn't even know i i had yet and maybe another one that you know just i always think about is white album 2 i know it's not the highest rated slice of life romantic comedy out there but damn did i feel some type of way watching white album 2 white album 2 is i think it's it's like the show that nobody really knows about but we've both watched it and I remember at the time when we both watched it, we were like, oh, God, wait, like what just happened? Because it's a very different take, I think, on a romance show. Very, very different than traditional shoujo mangas or I guess anime romance. So, yeah, I I remember it pretty clearly in terms of 
all the different scenes that came out of it. And even though that was like 10 years ago that I watched it, it, it was one of the more memorable shows that I've watched. Right. I mean, it's it's a great show for anyone out there who wants to fill some type of way in a short 12 episodes. Why Album 2 would probably be my recommendation to you. These shows, right? Why Album 2, Clan Ad, and for me, like specifically some of the shows that I felt a lot of emotions or enjoyed a lot was like My Teen Romantic Comedy, Snafu, March Comes In Like a Lion, which I've mentioned before, Bunny Girl Senpai. Those are really feels heavy shows for me that just made me think about my life, a lot of decisions, and just reflect really on my life. Also, like your line, April. What's interesting is I don't know if I would have enjoyed some of these shows at different points in my life. It almost felt like these shows came at the right time for me for me to enjoy it. Like if I was going something that was more similar to Snafu and I just watched Snafu at that time, I liked Snafu a lot because of it. Would you say that Slice of Life is kind of kind of com- comes in these waves where it's almost like you have to watch it at the right point in your life in order to fully understand it and appreciate it? Or can you just watch it at any time and just reflect back to like five or 10 years ago where you kind of experienced something similar? So I think I personally can enjoy a slice of life at any point in my life. And like kind of like I was saying with Clannad, even if I haven't personally felt those emotions yet, I can imagine what it would feel like if I was in that position. And so I don't mind if it's not maybe that point in my life, but I just, for me, like to see it be somewhat relatable to some point in life, like whether that's something that hasn't happened yet, something that has happened in the past. But like you said, when something I can relate to, when I'm watching it at that perfect time, I definitely think Slice of Life does hit a bit harder when you can relate in that exact sense. Yeah, so sometimes I kind of have to rewatch shows because of that in order to fully I guess grade it without any bias, but something like White Album Two, right? We, I think we watched it when we were in high school or early college, and that's when you're kind of like going through your emotional teenage years, where you go through like a breakup or something, and then you could kind of relate to White Album Two way more then. Like if I watch White Album Two now, I don't know if I'll enjoy it the same way I enjoyed it back then, and kind of these other shows. I've I've mentioned this in the past as well. Like Hanasako Iroha and Working are two shows just about working. And at the time when I was kind of going through, you know, those like first few months of of work out of college, getting used to work life, not sure kind of how to approach things, what mindset I have to go into work with. Like I watched those shows intentionally in order to kind of just relate to it. And then because I watched that show then. And in that moment when I felt really, I guess, negative towards work, it was a better, much better experience for me than probably if I watched it, if I watched it like 10 years out, 10 years after I started working and then I'm already used to working. That's really interesting. And I think you bring up some really good points that for people who are looking for something to really relate to, of course, it's going to make a big difference if you can relate to it at that exact moment in your life. I think it'd be similar to, I don't know if you're similar, but when you're in a certain type of mood, you try to look for music that maybe fits that type of mood you're feeling. And like, if you're happy and you're playing happy music or you're sad, you're playing sad music. I think those, when you do that, those types of songs 
kind of you can relate to it better. You can kind of understand the lyrics better, and maybe in that same type of way, you can really relate to the anime better. Yeah, exactly. It's really almost just about vibes <laughs> for me. If I'm feeling really happy or feeling really down, I have shows that I watch intentionally in order to kind of accommodate for those feelings, and that's what Slice of Life I think does really well at. And I don't think everyone is the same as me where they do that. But I do know some people that kind of went through hard times at work and they watched some of these shows that I watched and then we like talked about it. We laughed about it and we we're like, all right, maybe we should, you know, think about work more positively. Although I, I probably still don't think about work positively, but there's just, I think even though Slice of Life is just a huge breadth of shows, it has a lot of these like pocket genres or pocket topics where you kind of pick and choose from it and you just watch the show that fits you at the right time or that's that's me at least so and does that mean that you'll grow out of certain anime or specifically slice of life anime i think that actually applies to all shows outside of slice of life too because there are times where i'm just i just need to be in a certain mood in order to watch like a shonen or I need to be in a specific mood to watch a really dark psychological thriller like Death Note. Like I can't be in this like depressed state watching Death Note because I'll just get more depressed. I definitely do grow out of slice of lives because of that. I'm going to talk about a show called Fruits Basket right now because it was one of the most hyped slice of lives as a late. And I talked about it, I think, on the first podcast or first episode of the second season of our podcast where I talked about how Fruits Basket took the number one spot from Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood on the, on the top anime list on Mal. But it had a lot of hype and I wanted to watch it. So I watched it and I, it took me three, four tries to get through season one. And also I'm in the middle of season two right now and I haven't finished it. So like my opinion might change, but I feel like I'm at that point in my life where I can't relate to Fruits Basket because of how immature and childish it is. But if I watched this show 10 years ago or when I was in high school, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. So there's shows like that. Because it, it did come out about in our high school, middle school, high school years, right? I think it came out like early 2000s. Okay. The original. But right now it's like the remake. It, it, it looks a lot better in terms of the animation, the music, the soundtrack, everything else. I, I didn't watch the original, but I just like quickly glanced at the animation and stuff. But it's, it takes place in school life. It's kind of a romance or a reverse harem where it's a girl as a main character and a bunch of dudes around her. And it's not really harmy, but it's really dramatic. And I just can't relate to these characters or understand their motives because it's just too immature and childish to me. And I'm not, I don't want to say like the audience that likes Fruits Basket is immature and childish or anything like that. People probably have different opinions on it. But to me, that's how it feels like. And I, I just can't relate to it at all. And there's probably shows like that right now where if I watched it right now, I would give it something like a six or five out of 10. But if I watched it 10 years ago, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. So before we lose more followers, are we <laughs> saying that Fruits Basket is a no-go for someone in their 20s? See, I don't know because I've talked to people that have watched the show and I, I've 
tried my best to kind of understand why they like it. And I know a lot of people who are in their 20s that like the show. But I just can't understand it that much. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, it's probably just me, to be honest with you, because Fruits Basket's gotten such a high review on Mal. I would think, at least for you, like, I, I wouldn't recommend to you Fruits Basket because I think you would just literally fall asleep every episode. Yeah, we ain't trying to sleep out here. That that's that's not it. That is not what I'm looking for in slice of life. I'm not looking for sleep material. I will say though, Fruits Basket's been extremely effective at putting me to sleep before 11 p.m. every single day. Usually, like I watch anime till like 1 a.m. But Fruits Basket's the one show that makes sure that I am asleep by 11 p.m. That's so sad. Yeah, but I I mean it's just I think it's just like a phase in life kind of thing. If I watched Fruits Basket earlier, I probably would have liked it a lot more. And that kind of goes with some of these other shows that I watched earlier. I probably liked it a lot back then because I watched it in that moment. But it's probably not it for, for me for Fruits Basket. I will finish watching it. So maybe my opinion will change by the time I finish the the last season. Yeah, the last season's supposed to be really good, right? So... Maybe your opinion will change. I'm praying. I'm praying that's that's good. Either that or you're going to have another couple weeks of some very good sleep. You know what this show reminds you of? I'm 36 episodes in and every single episode is just such an effort for me to watch. It just reminds me of Hunter Hunter. It's just such... It takes a lot out of me to watch one episode of Fruits Basket and Hunter Hunter. But Hunter Hunter is only the Ant Chimera arc. I, I didn't even make it out of it. It's a real struggle. I literally didn't it's even make it out struggle. of it. I haven't finished it. Well, I'll, I'll eventually get to it. But All right. Well, one thing I actually wanted to talk about was because Slice of Life is really close to what the real world is like, do you personally prefer watching anime slice of life or would you rather just watch a real life tv show and it doesn't have to be like a j drama or a k drama or anything like that but if the topic of the show in a slice of life anime was just transported to a live action show would you enjoy that more or would you actually enjoy the anime slice of life better so i'm going to answer this from two points of view and the first is going to be the anti-anime point of view and the reason i say this is because i do know people who tell me that they cannot enjoy slice of life anime because they cannot relate to emotions when it's not a real human conveying them and i've heard this multiple times so i did want to bring it up that i guess it does make sense that if you're trying to feel love sadness joy from 2d characters or fictional fictional stories it's different than watching a drama, right? So whether that's an Asian drama, I mean, American drama, dramas can appeal to people because it's real life people conveying emotions and you can tend to read an actor, right? Or an actress, you can read their emotions and that what that's what makes them a good actor and actress. But for anime, I've heard that you can't do that and all you're doing is reading subtitles. So it's very hard for some people to get pulled into a storyline. All right, can I ask one question? Do those people like Pixar or Disney movies? They will watch them, I think. I asked a few people. That's a really good point because I know one of them really does like Pixar and it's kind of confusing. 
And the other one doesn't really like cartoons in general, which I guess that makes sense more in the animes does fall into that cartoon category. But for the other person, it was actually more along the lines of having to read subtitles of cartoons rather than with at least Pixar. They can understand the story without having to read. They can watch the story rather than focus on subtitles. And maybe I've been just watching anime too long that I can you can subconsciously read the subtitles, but also enjoy the what what's seeing on uh, throughout the show. And I know for you, you don't have to worry about subtitles because you can understand the Japanese. But I have heard a lot of people hate subtitles because of that specific reason. I think there's two interesting points here where one, I do think Disney and Pixar movies are extremely feels heavy. Like Inside Out is literally about emotions and feelings. So for someone to enjoy that and then not enjoy slice of life anime, I, I don't fully understand that. But at the same time, I also in- understand that as a as a fan of like J-dramas and K-dramas, or I don't watch that many K-dramas, but I do watch a lot of J-dramas. It is a bit hard to relate to 2D characters sometimes in terms of the emotions that they're going through. So I, I, I'm interested in terms of, there's a lot of Disney Pixar fans out there in the US, right? So if their reason is they can't re- really relate to the feels that the anime characters are going through, I don't know if that's a good enough reason, man. And the second thing that's interesting, and now that I didn't even think about this really, but do I have a advantage in terms of enjoying slice of life way more because I could understand the Japanese? And I've never really thought about that. So that's a really interesting point that you make because if I watched a K-drama and I watched like a K-drama anime and I just read all the subtitles, I don't know if I would enjoy it that much. So I could totally understand where someone is coming from in terms of them saying like, if I was just reading the subtitles, I just can't get the full breadth of the emotion because for me, at least, right, I could tell what tone they're to speak in or like the mood and the emotions are coming in out from their mouth when they're speaking so maybe that's a whole different aspect of anime that i had but i just never really thought about because it was just almost like subconscious experience for me right and you probably understand the inflections and like you said the tones i mean that makes a huge difference whether one word is being said with a sad kind of emotion or maybe a happy type of emotion yeah because i was always curious because and this isn't about slice of life specifically but there's times where characters will use like sarcastic tones when they're talking and i just never understood how that would translate over subtitles and sometimes i can kind of tell because there will be this like really funny sarcastic part in the show and i'll be watching with my girlfriend and I'll laugh my butt off, but then she'll just be like, "What? Like, what are you laughing at?" Because there's just it's just too hard to tell the sarcasm just reading text, right? No, it really is, right? It's it's very difficult to do in an anime. Maybe that is why you can understand a lot of slice of life a lot better. And for me personally, I don't like certain slice of life because it's boring and I think it's too slow. But maybe that's also because I can't understand 
uh, completely the emotions that are trying to be conveyed. Yeah, one anime I could totally think of that would have this problem is like my teen romantic comedy snafu because the main character is just this like sarcastic ball of emotions where he's just angry or sarcastic all the time so maybe that's why people don't like snafu as much as i like snafu too but i never really thought about it that way yeah and and actually now that i'm thinking about a lot of the slice of life that i tend to like they are heavier they're not as wordy i think as some of the slice of life like and what i mean by that is uh, White Album 2, Your Line April, um, Clannad. There's a lot of scenes without words, but you can completely understand the mood and the emotion through the music. Yeah, that's also a really good point because something like Your Line April, right? Because the, the premise is centered around music. There's just scenes where they're just playing music and they're not even talking, but you could feel all the sad emotions that's kind of in the air or you could feel all the happy emotions that's in the air because of how the music is progressing. Right, music is universal. I think anyone can feel it when it's a sad when it's sad music versus happy music. Um, and you don't need words to explain it, really. You can just listen to it and and kind of be in the moment. Clannad's soundtrack is also epic too because it's so good. And they always go to that one scene that has almost nothing to do with the show until the end is when you realize everything gets put together. And I think for me, now that I'm thinking about it more, which is really interesting. I'm just kind of going on a tangent here that, man, maybe I do like Slice of Life more and more as long as it's not too wordy and does have some type of, maybe some, they, they're conveying emotions through the artwork. And maybe that's also why I can't watch Slice of Life with bad artwork. So I guess that brings me to <laughs> three movies that I could think of off the top of my head that are really emotion heavy and good music and good artwork, which is Your Name, Weathering With You and Garden of Words. Like, Maybe that's why those movies are big because they're so they're not that wordy. There's not much like sarcasm or anything like that. It's not heavy dialogue. It's just very feels heavy, like specifically like your name, right? Like it's very feels heavy and the music is amazing in terms of the timing of when the music is played when. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why it's also really easy for the Western audience to relate to it. But I literally never thought of it that way. So it's like super interesting now to think about about it that way because it would totally make sense because I like these shows like my teen romantic comedy Snafu, Bakemonogatari that are extremely, or March Comes In Like a Lion as well. And they are all extremely dialogue heavy, but it's not necessarily anyone's favorite that I know that lives in the US. I'm trying to get through March Comes In a Lion. I'm sure you've noticed it's just very slow progress. Yeah, I think you need to be in like a specific mood for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying. But like you said, it's it's not something that really keeps me clicking the next episode. It's more of like a, oh, I'm in bed. You know, let me watch an episode. I think March Comes In Like a Lion was one of those shows that came when I was either feeling really sad or really dark. And it just felt like the perfect show at the time. And I also read the manga. And I was just so invested in the show. And I also watched a lot of action movies. And yeah, like now that we bring up this point that some of these other slice of life just do a really good job of just using the soundtrack, the animation to convey the emotions through it. Like some of these dialogue heavy shows are just going to be at a complete disadvantage because of it. And actually Fruits Basket actually is really good in terms of the soundtrack. 
and that might be why people enjoy it more. I can't speak to fruits basket, but that does make a lot of sense because, like you said, I think emotions can sometimes be best conveyed without words. And I always think back to maybe sometime in the '60s, the Disney films without without any audio or dialogue, just music. And I don't know if you've too familiar with the old. I don't know, black and white, Mickey Mouse, Disney shorts, but there's no dialogue. And yet people love those. And I think it comes back to that same thing. Like you can convey a lot of emotion without words, as long as you do it right. That's wild. I feel like we just hit an epiphany in terms of why Slice of Life isn't anyone's favorite genre. We need a universal translator. That That's what needs to happen. <laughs> But 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 you lose a lot of emotion when you dub things. That's another reason. Okay, I was gonna ask you: <laughs> is, is the solution that we watch the dub version of Slice of Life? No, no, that is not the solution. <laughs> That's the wrong solution. Oh my god! Dub is never dub is never the solution. So recently, I actually watched a show called Banana Fish, and it takes place in New York. And after I watched the show, I kind of wished I watched it dub. And that was the first time I felt it that way or felt that way. Really? So should I go watch it dubbed? I don't Is know. It, it just feels really. And this might go back to the point that like I understand the tones and kind of the underlying like sar- sarcasm or the emotions that are in the words when they speak. But it feels really wor- weird that they're like a mafia in New York and they talk really polite Japanese or like nice Japanese to me. Where I almost wish it was just like English and people were just like cussing each other out. That's true, actually, because I keep thinking about, you know, like Italian mafia or Godfather, you know, a lot of classic movies where those movies wouldn't be the same if you didn't understand the accents in English. Like if I was reading subtitled versions of like The Godfather, there's no way I would enjoy it as much as the dub version. That was one of the first shows or probably the only show where I watched it and was like, maybe it would have been better if I watched it dubbed. So maybe try dubbed. Maybe dubbed is a solution. (laughs) All right. All right. I have been wanting to watch Banana Fish. So maybe maybe that's what I'll start with. I'll let you know if it's better or not. Okay. If if it's just bad voice acting, then I I don't take any responsibility for this one. Yeah, there's only like a dozen... English voice actors who do all the anime anyway. Exactly. Well, I guess kind of going back to the point of like live action and whether that's better than anime, I watch a lot of J-dramas and I watch all these like live action movies that they put together. And I talked about it last on the last podcast when I said the Ruroni Kenshin live action came out. But there's a lot of slice of lives where I enjoy the live action way more than I enjoyed the actual anime. And couple of them i could think of and i don't think you've watched any of these but just for people's reference that wants to go watch the live action movies like there's a movie called i want to eat your pancreas in anime format i thought the live action movie was infinitely better but on mal it has like 8.5 as an anime so i don't know if people enjoy it better if it was a live action so if you enjoyed that movie go watch it in the live action format it's very good. And there's another anime called Orange where there was a live action movie and I just thought it was infinitely better in terms of art. I thought the live action movie was just infinitely better compared to the anime. And there's a few of those. So I'm writing this fine line where sometimes I just like the live action 
significantly better or the drama format significantly better than the anime so i don't know how i feel about it really that is interesting that um i've always thought why why put out a live action version of an anime but hearing i guess your comments on it i guess maybe there are people who want to relate to it or will relate to it better with actual actors or maybe even the writer or the author of a manga series it doesn't appreciate the way it was portrayed in anime and thinks it can be done better in live action. I don't I don't really know the reasons why you would put out both, but it is really interesting to think about. Yeah, I'm not sure why they would put out both other than because they want more money, but there are certain shows I would say that aren't like over the top anime, right? Like they don't have like the crazy I don't know what I don't know what it's really called, but I guess like the crazy facial expressions or like the random blonde hair dude or like the random pink hair and stuff like that. That's like extremely anime. Um, Some manga don't doesn't have that. So it's just feels more natural for it to be a live action movie or a live action show. And those are the ones that I think thrive way more. So and the two movies I, I mentioned, they actually came out as a live action movie before the anime even came out. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it was just two different experiences, but sometimes I just enjoy the live action way more just because it, I'm able to relate to the characters or the actors a lot better. And that kind of goes back to your, to one of your friend's points saying that they rather see the emotions on actual actors and actresses' faces rather than 2D characters. Do you think live action can portray certain emotions better, such as romance or love or... It's hard to say. Jealousy, maybe? I, I don't know. Like... It's hard to say because there's some romance anime that are just done really well. I think Toradora is fantastic. I think Clanad's romance is very good, especially in After Story, right? I think Bunny Girl Senpai's romance is pretty good. And something like Bunny Girl Senpai, I think can only be in anime format because of how the supernatural elements kind of come into play. And then something like, Toradora and even like Sakura so there's just too much over the top anime stuff I don't know how else to describe it it's just like the exaggeration that comes from anime but there's romance built into both and they do a pretty good job of portraying that so it's it's very hard to say and maybe this is a good segue uh my next question is you said over the top when you say over the top is that something more like along the harem realm is that kind of what we're talking about here well there's some shows like that like i think sakura so is kind of like it's not harem but there's elements of it and harem is just an interesting topic do you want to give a little background in terms of what a harem may be to those that don't know what it is uh okay so maybe let me think about how to word this properly but a harem eh, it's kind of a subgenre of romance and it's almost like somewhat comedic but it's also man i don't even know how to phrase this correctly it's like a speed dating game almost where like there's just one guy or girl and then a bunch of the opposite character around them and maybe like the one like easiest uh relatable concept i can think about is like naruto's what was it called the sexy no jutsu or something the clone jutsu where he turns into like a bunch of like female naruto's surrounding like some <laughs> male ninja guy i don't know that'd probably be the closest thing i think about for most people to like understand what a harm is in terms of other anime yeah and i think it's 
kind of been picking up traction and i don't know if that's for the better or for the worse but so we talked about a show called girlfriend girlfriend or kanajo mokanajo at the start of the podcast and that's pretty much it like that is a harem where there's a main guy character and he has two girlfriends and there's just multiple girls around him so and then it's just like a almost a story of him picking who the girlfriend will be in the end i don't know it's it's a it's a really weird take on romance but it's just i think comedic in the end it's comedic and like unrealistic but it's sometimes entertaining if that's what you're going for the only pro i could kind of think of is it in the sense that like some romance shows when you talk about it with other friends like oh who is this person gonna end up with who is he gonna choose who's gonna go out with who like that part of a harm i I think is entertaining and is appealing but i would say that there's probably a lot of negative things that come out of a harm (laughs) and i don't don't want to get more controversial than i already did in the last like two podcasts but i would say that teaches bad things to young people (laughs) harm referenced a lot in slice of life and whether or not like you said it's for the better or for the worse that's not my call i don't really enjoy it but i don't mind it i don't hate it like if it isn't an anime as long as it's not too heavy in it i i don't care but it's definitely not something i like to watch like if i'm in a public place like i don't mind streaming anime on my phone on an airplane but if it's like harm heavy i won't do it it's it's definitely hard to watch in a public place i would say though there's some shows i think that are a harm that I've enjoyed, not necessarily because of, I guess, all the harm aspects of it, but it's just like a romance show, really. It's not over the top to that. It's not too over the top, and it's just romance. So I've definitely watched a few of those shows, but like Girlfriend, Girlfriend, or Kanajo Mokanajo is just so bad. <sighs> I hope, I hope no harms come out that are similar to this because this is just a straight like one out of 10 right now. It's pretty low. Definitely wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, let's let's skip the Kanojo no Kanojo for now. We don't need to cover any more of that in our in this episode. True. But I guess maybe like let's touch on a harm that you did enjoy maybe. Uh is there anything like is quintessential quintuplets technically a harm? Yeah, so quintessential quintuplets is technically a harm and it's definitely one of those shows I've watched and is I'm currently reading the manga and I haven't read it in quite a, quite a while, but I'm in the middle of reading it and it's just entertaining. Like it's just a romance show, but it's not too crazy and it's not too over the top. But I think the the most appealing part about it is like just watching it with friends and just trying to see who the main character ends up with. So in like quintessential quintuplets there's five quintuplets and he is like the tutor of all five of them because they're all dumb so they all have like different interactions with him and then they kind of go out on like dates with him but not necessarily a date they all have some type of feelings for him but it's not very clear to him and they're just kind of trying to pull him in their direction so nothing like two of the top but pretty entertaining Another one I could think of is like Rent a Girlfriend where I binged, binge read the manga. <laughs> but I, I don't think Rent a Girlfriend's like that over the top either. It's, it's more of a romance show. 
and it's gotten significantly better in the manga in terms of in terms of like the harm aspects being toned down i think those are the two that i've watched most recently and are they pretty cliche or do they have some type of creative aspect that maybe kind of differentiates them a bit well i think the rent a girlfriend show like the core topic of the show is an interesting topic because it's very unique to japan and it's not seen anywhere else so i just thought it was interesting because i i knew this rent a girlfriend or rent a boyfriend system always existed in japan or like has existed in these last few years or so and i never thought it would be portrayed in a anime format i've seen it in dramas more mature dramas and it's a interesting portrayal of the story just because they're in high or they're in college and then they're like the main character is kind of going through his internal struggles of figuring out what to do with his life in college but at the same time like wanting to get with someone or wanting to date and then there's also like other people going through their different circumstances that's forcing them to be in this like rent a girlfriend or rent a boyfriend system so i think that's why it's it's a bit more unique quintessential quintuplets is just straight up romance show it's just straight up romance but it's there's a lot of cliffhangers in terms of you just never know who he's going to end up with like one episode he seems like he's going to end up with this person but the next episode you'll find a whole different story behind this person and then all these things are kind of tying together right now and it just keeps you on your toes it's almost like you're watching like the bachelorette and you just can't figure out what's going to happen in the end right and Maybe the best threat is the American version of Maharam. Yeah, it pretty much is. I mean, there's also like Terrace House for J- for Japan, which is pretty similar to it. It's not a harem, but there's three guys, three girls that live in the same house and are co- pretty much there to just date people. So it's pretty much the same concept. Yeah, and maybe that's something interesting that it is a lot more appealing than we than we think. Anyways... Is there anything else? I know we're running out to the hour mark. Is there anything else you really wanted to focus on as we wrap up this episode? Not really, but I think the last thing or last question for you that I had was, would you consider sports anime as a slice of life? And I actually don't know because I consider some sports anime as shonen. So like Kuroko or Haikyuu are for sure shonen. But some of these other sports animes aren't really shonen. And the sports anime that I, I can think of off the top of my head is Run With The Wind. And I don't know if you've watched it, but I've kind of talked about how it is one of my or it's in the race for my favorite sports anime with Haikyuu. And it's about these individuals that are in college and kind of shows their training that they go through in order to run in this like marathon at the I think at New Year's in Japan and it has a lot of slice of life aspects because it kind of ties back to Japanese culture where they always have this marathon at, at the start of the year and participating in it is like one of the biggest accomplishments you can do as a runner in Japan. So I consider that to be a slice of life, but I wasn't sure if that's normal. Yeah, I think sports anime is that topic. I almost think it should be its own category, just sports, because within sports, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of action. And it really comes down to where in sports the anime covers. Because I think, like you said, there are anime like Haikyuu that are more action-packed. But there are going to be points in it that with any sport, it's going to be more of a slice of life. And that's why I think sports is its really that crosses both worlds in that you're going to have your action. You're going to have 
maybe the more shonen appeal to it. But at the same time, there's a lot of development and emotion that comes in sports that is really more towards the slice of life category. So it's like I guess the answer would be yes, it does, I think, kind of cross that border of slice of life. But I think it's maybe the one category of anime I think that could really have like slice of life as a tag as well as shonen. I definitely agree there. And there's other sports anime that are more heavy to slice of life, I think, because there's something like Chihaya Fudu, which is about karuta, which is a Japanese traditional sport, technically, but is it really a sport? So it has a lot of elements of just slice of life romance. It kind of runs that fine line of, is this really a sports anime or is this just a slice of life show? And Run with the Wind and Chihaya Fudu, in my opinion, are some of the mo- more entertaining slices of life that I've watched because of these like sports elements that are in it. But I don't know if I would really consider it at least run with the wind. I don't know if I consider that a slice of life, but Chihaya Fudu definitely is a slice of life. So yeah, would recommend to those that want something more entertaining in terms of there being a little bit of action, a little bit of, I guess, battling in terms of the sports. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to come down to personal preference too, right? Yeah, everything's always about personal preference. So Roots Basket fans, don't, don't give me crap. I'm sorry. I just don't like the show. And if you have also dropped Kanojo, no Kanojo this week, I'm giving you a pat on the back. You got my approval. Congratulations. You guys have good taste. I won't I won't talk anymore. Talk ro- I won't roast that show anymore, but I guess uh Yeah, in closing comments, uh since you're the Slice of Life sensei over here, any uh closing comments or words of wisdom you want to give to our listeners or people who might be considering giving Slice of Life a try? Yeah, I think the main takeaway of Slice of Life is you just kind of have to find your your pocket of what kind of Slice of Life you really want. So do you want it to be about romance? Do you want it to be about school life? Do you want it to be about work or just chilling and relaxing? Something that's more laid back, aka laid back camp. There's all these different kind of pockets that you could kind of explore with Slice of Life. So I would definitely say, you know, Whatever that's relatable to you, just kind of pick that topic and just try to find a show on it. I guarantee you there's a show about it because I've kind of gone through all those, all these different kinds of shows and there's the topics vary quite a bit. But yeah, I would recommend a lot of these shows. If you need recommendations, hit, hit us up on the Discord or Twitter and I'll for sure give, give recommendations. And as Chris is saying, you got to just find your pocket or find your slice of your slice of life. Oh my goodness. All right, I'm lame. Oh my goodness. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for me this week. All right, it was a fun episode. Good good talk about Slice of Life, but I think next week what we kind of have in terms of topics lined up is psychological thrillers, dramas, everything that's basically plays with your mind. So, you know, you could always expect shows like Death Note, Psychopaths, Maybe even something like Beastars. Maybe that's when I talk about Beastars since I bought binged it recently. But yeah, it should be an interesting podcast since it's a completely different topic from Romance Slice of Life. And that'll pretty much wrap up our genres for our season. So right after that, we have a lot of different variety topics lined up. And we're going to talk about some of the controversial things that anime has to offer, including mal yeah chris will discuss all his problems with mal and uh the reasons why i'm just gonna roast it to the ground he does not agree as a mal 
enthusiast. But I still use it. So I'm just a hypocrite. All right. Well, sounds good. It was great talking with you this week. Looking forward to next week. I love the psychological thrillers, and、uh, I'll have to catch up on Sunny Boy. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Me too. Sunny Boy's been fun to watch, so hopefully next week's episode will be good and we kind of get to talk about it. But yeah, that's about it. So see you guys next week, Weeboos. See you guys. <laughs>